Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host this evening, Robert Brining. Um, I will be joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroth, in a bit. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in this evening. I'm happy Sunday. Uh, Jeremy has the night off. So, uh, you know, I, I want to start off, first of all, by talking about something not HIV-related, and I want to go ahead and talk about the United States uh, women's soccer team who participated in the World Cup final tonight and lost. In overtime penalty kicks, it was so sad, but it was such a great um, experience for Japan to win, and it probably means a lot to their country and their people. So congratulations to them. Jack, are you with me? Jack, are you there? All right, I do not hear Jack. So um, we'll bring Jack back on once he comes on. Um, So, yeah, congratulations to them. It was a really great game. We were up, and we, we were down to, like, 10 minutes left in the game, and we, we could have won, and, and Japan put in another squeaker goal, and then they did it again in overtime. Um, it was a killer, but it was an awesome, awesome game. The women played um, awesome, and they should be very proud with coming home with the, the silver medal. So congratulations to the U.S. team and the Japan team for winning. Um, so um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. For those of you for tuning in for the first time, this is Pause I'm Radio. We're here every Sunday, and what we do is we share um, – personal stories of people living with HIV and AIDS um, in order to inspire others to maybe um, come out about their status to their family or maybe become an activist or just to kind of encourage other people living with HIV that they're not alone. And we're here every Sunday. Uh, we're also um, partnered with a uh, social network called PauseIM. If you go to pause.com, you can find all the information there. Um, Jack, are you with me? All right. For some reason, I'm not getting Jack. That's interesting. Let's try this. Jack, are you there? Okay, so obviously something's going on on Jack's end, so we're going to, um, I don't know what we're going to do with that part, so we'll deal with that. Um, Jack, you could try to give us a call back in. If not, um, I could try to uh, do it alone if we're having some phone issues. I know you're in Miami and don't have the best service, so. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. So those of you who are not familiar with PauseIM, if you go to PauseIM.com, You'll find information on past shows that we've had on the guests, and you'll also be able to download all of our past shows on iTunes. Um, and it's for free, so you can download and listen to anything that we may have talked about previously. Uh, maybe you want to go back and listen to the first time our guest this evening, Michelle, um, is on uh, when she was first on sharing her story um, back in November of last year. 2010 uh, was the first time she came on and opened up about it. So uh, you can go back and check that out. There's also information there about the social network like I was speaking about earlier. You can go there and connect with other people and, and read the blogs of people. And it's just very interesting to 
to read firsthand other people experiencing the same thing as you. So let me see. I think this might be Jack. Jack, is this you? Okay, I am not able to get Jack at all. So I don't know what the issue I'm having with Jack's phone calls. So I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest on this evening. Um, Shaw Anderson, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Good, good. I seem to be having an issue of bringing Jack onto the phone lines, but um, other than that, I'm doing well. I saw you there, so I figured I would just bring you on early instead of me trying to stumble around trying to get him on. Um, <laughs> around my words. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I was so excited when I when I read on Facebook that you were the new 2011 Miss Plus America. How does that feel? I I was in disbelief. Um, when they called my name, well, actually, they didn't call my name. They they always called the first runner-up. And I remember standing there, and I was talking. Uh, we were hand-in-hand. Of course, you know, we have to face each other. And I was holding Sharice's hand. I said, oh, my God, I'm scared. She was, girl, don't be scared. And I was, we're having a conversation on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, oh, I think I'm about to cry. She said, girl, don't cry. You'll be all right. And then next thing I know, they call her for first runner-up. And I'm like, okay, they didn't call my name. <gasps> Holy crap. <laughs> they didn't call my name. And I immediately started crying. I cried so bad that snot was coming out my nose. And my shoulders were jerking. And she just pat me on the back like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I was just totally outdone. I think that was probably the worst. I did the absolute worst pageant um, cry ever. And apparently I did because some of the ladies from who were watching me said I did the bitter beer face cry. So, you know. <laughs> but it was a great experience. Got you, got you. Let me just see this. Jack, are you there? Yes, and I was listening. I'm sorry. There's a crazy thunderstorm here, so something was up with my phone. But congratulations, <laughs> Michelle. I was listening to you talk about you, the winning. It's so amazing and fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I love a good pageant. So when Robert I actually wasn't supposed to host tonight, and Robert called me and was like, would you interview? I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, fabulous. I love That's it. I love funny. it. I love it. That's so, then, honey, you are gorgeous, and you have, like, I would say balls, but it's not really appropriate, but, but I think <laughs> it's so impressive that you are, you know, an out-positive woman, and you um, won this title, and, um, you know, Robert sends out, like, an email blast, and I was reading about you. I think it's just amazing. So, you got nerve, girl. <laughs> you know, it. I, I wanted, what I really wanted was to create another avenue of advocacy for HIV-positive women as well as raise awareness, you know, educate and empower those who are afraid to say that they were positive because of stigma. I wanted to do something against the grain. My diagnosis be um prosperous in my life. Did I know it was going to end up this way? A clue. But I sure did try. try I did my best. I gave 160%. Now, Michelle, if I can remember correctly, back um, when you were on last time in November, um, you talked about that pageantry is kind of in your blood, right? Like it's something your family does. Well, um, my mother um, used to be a cover girl model, so she modeled for (laughs) many, many years. (laughs) 
And my sister is like the beauty queen, the little beauty queen. I, I, I said before, she's the one that's a size zero. You just want to knock her down. She, uh, she, she's just really cute Right now she's in there trying I'm over my mom's so She's over in there trying on dresses That will probably be sleeves on me <laughs> And she's, you know So we've all been a part We've all been in the whole beauty pageant thing And and mostly my sister And then I put my daughter in I never thought that I could ever be in a beauty pageant To be honest I wasn't the pageant girl kind of, It wasn't That wasn't my thing well, when did you start doing it? I mean, was and that was my question. My, I was thinking, like, did you go in with it into the, the pageant with advocacy in mind, or and that as an avenue that you wanted to pursue to get the, your message out, or did it sort of happen in tandem? Well, um, let me tell you a little bit about um, Coronet Productions. We, they pride themselves on community service through volunteerism, as well as their title holders who um, have uncompromising morals and, and the desire to serve for community. And so one of, and I, one of the things I decided to do was just go in and to create some advocacy, just to advocate, you know, and to say that I can do this because so many people said that it can't be done. Right. So then, and that's how I went in into the whole pageant thing. I Again, I had not a clue that it was going to turn out this way. You know, I just wanted to raise awareness. I didn't want another woman to become infected or to walk down the road, the same road that I have. And that's basically what it was all about. So can you just indulge me and tell, like, <laughs> you can tell a long old story, but I want to know about the experience. Like, and actually I judged um, Miss, West Virginia, USA in 1999, so I kind of know what, like, that was like, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's many rounds of questioning, and how did, how was the whole thing? Like, just give me a slice some flavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all want some dirt. Well, there was, really, <laughs> there was really no dirt. The women there accepted me with open arms. We, You almost forgot that you were competing until it was time to hit that stage. But for the most part, there was no, like, no infighting or anything like that. We were all working together. If we saw another person maybe struggling with uh, her walk, her stage presentation, whatever, we were there to lift her up. So it wasn't like your normal pageantry cat fight setting that maybe some have. And in this Plus America pageant, it was really smooth. I I was just so honored to be with uh, um, 46 women who carried themselves with dignity and poise and grace. It was just an honor. Now, now was it the same? I'm sorry that I'm monopolizing the questions, but um, was it the same kind of format? And I know you hold you held a title before, so do you have to hold a title to compete in Miss Texas, or how does that work? It was. It was. They're all the same. It's all the same pageant. I just reached. Right. I made it to the second level. So you start off in the local, and of course I was third runner-up twice for Miss Texas, and somebody they believe in me. Um, Nanette Watts believed in me, and she says she thinks that I should go to the national. I was like, no, you know, I don't know. And she said that she thinks that I would be really good at it, and that's how I ended up going to nationals. Now I could not go in 
as Miss Texas because someone had already won the title. So I had to go in as a delegate at large. So I chose my home state of Missouri. Oh, interesting. Right, right. So, yeah, because I didn't win. I was only third runner-up. But I had to represent the state. Right. That there wasn't when, where there wasn't any representation, and so Missouri didn't have. They don't have a pageant yet, so I assumed the role of Missouri. Oh, that's interesting. Well, good for you. And look what happened. <laughs> you snatch that crown, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that crown is heavy. <laughs> it's funny. Well, were, were you were you open um, with your status amongst the contestants, Michelle? Yes, I did. I was very open. You know me. Come on now. Right. No, I was curious if it was like kind of like a surprise on the stage, or was it kind of like something you were open throughout the whole process? I was open throughout the whole process um, with the um, with a lot of, with the, a lot of the contestants, and I also was open with my judges because fifty percent of the competition is your interview with the judges about your platform. And, of course, mine was the impact of HIV-AIDS women, especially women of color. And so um, the interview is basically how much you know about your platform, and the judges get to know the type of person that you are. And uh, so they asked me a series of questions, which were really good. I had not a problem. I felt that I aced it. As a matter of fact, when I walked out, I didn't realize the lady who walked me in was watching me, and I was doing the Fred of what? When is it the um, George Jefferson walk? <laughs> As I was walking out <laughs> the interview room, <laughs> and I looked back and I saw it. I was walking down the hall. <laughs> it was it was funny. It was funny, but if the they really pride themselves in community service. You know, it's all about what you bring to your community. It's not necessarily a beauty beauty pageant. It's the inner beauty that counts. That's right. Yeah, and I have to say, in, in my experience, like just judging that one pageant, like the judges all talk amongst themselves, and that's when you decide the winner in your head. Is that? It, yeah, I mean, one may the the like you said that the exterior beauty is one thing, but it's really that getting to know the person. Um, what they represent, what they really stand for. And you can tell the girls that are, like, have practiced, you know, picked up a platform in the last, you know, few days because they needed one. You know what I mean? You can right. tell people are real and giving it to you, and they really believe in what they're talking about as opposed to pageant girls that are, you know, smiling and sort of plastic and have really rehearsed answers. And so, so good on you. Right, right, right. And, like, again, it was a really great experience. I'm glad that I was able to compete in the Miss Plus America pageant system. And um, it was just an honor. I felt like we, we, we won it. (laughs) Not me. Right. We all won that. This was for us. We, We needed that. We needed that. Totally. So what is it, what is it included in the prize that you win um, besides, you know, the crown and the title and all that? Is there other things that they throw in? Um, I, you get, um, of course, cash, um, numerous gifts and prizes. I just went on a $500 shopping spree from Kaplan's, okay. <laughs> uh, which was great. It was great. It was awesome. But you win a lot of different, like little, like trinkets and stuff. It was, it was really cool. And one other thing, you also get, um, they help you with your press releases. You know, getting your information out. 
and uh, uh, website acknowledgement and stuff like that, which is really cool. So is there any kind of a tour? Excuse me? Is there any kind of like a tour or anything like that you do that you maybe travel and represent Miss um, Plus America in certain ways? Yes, if I if I per- yes, they help me with that, but you know I have to be able to push myself as well. Mhm. I yeah, smell a book. So it's just getting out there and and getting it done. I think cool. you should write a book. Excuse me. You should write a book. I'm actually in the process of writing a book. <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm yeah, in no. the process of writing a book. <laughs> what? Well, so beyond, I mean, I wasn't I privy to the first interview because I'm actually doing renovations, so I'm I didn't do my own work. I'm sorry, but can you just tell beyond the pageant, like tell our listeners a little bit about you? And I mean, I'm totally interested and intrigued. So, what's your story, girl? <laughs> what's my story? Like, what part do you want to know of my story? Like the whole nine? Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> Give it to me. Well, <laughs> well, basically, I I come from a well-to-do family. Like my mom was an, an ex-cover girl model, and my father was a first sergeant in the military. And I lived a you know lived a pretty good life. Uh, I there were times in my life that I had faced uh, different issues that were created or trauma. I'm not issues. I'm going to say trauma that created some emotional vulnerability in my life that led me to um, drug usage, prostitution, and I'm not ashamed to say it, uh, being promiscuous and those things. And because of those behavioral issues, the behavior that I took, I became infected with HIV. Now, um, uh, the story is out that I became infected with HIV through drug usage, which I was I had already been infected, and that was prior to me ever touching drugs. I, um, I ended up uh, having a one night stand with someone, and that's how I became infected. And I didn't learn, I didn't find out about these things until later, much later on, when of course I hooked up with my boo, Marsha. Marcia Jones, who um, started telling me about, you know, that because of these vulnerabilities or the, these traumatic experiences that I faced, that those things and could have set me up to become infected. And so I think that for the most part, I'm that one person that hit every risk factor that you can think of. It was me. I, you know, right. I'm a has-been. And when I say has-been, I mean has-been everything. I've done it all. So <laughs> so so uh I I knew that there has to be more to life than just this, than to just not um to sad, you know, to feel that this I'm HIV positive is it? No, it can't be. You know, I still feel ha- feel healthy. I still can do things. You know, so why can I not still be prosperous? HIV is just a very small facet of my life, and so many people are so quick to prejudge me because of the things I have gone through. Mm. But you know, but you can grow from those things. You can learn from those things. So, and here I am today. Yeah, it's it's an amazing, like, it's it's exactly what we like to talk about here on the show. It's, it's, you know, yeah, we all have that moment 
you know, the past is the past and what got you to this moment is sort of irrelevant, but you learn from that experience. And, like, we've all had right. a moment of being told that we're HIV positive and what does that mean and how do you deal with that and how do you make it something positive. And I, I do say to a lot of people, and I've said this on the show before, that I think in time you'll find in a lot of ways, especially newly diagnosed people, yes, you have that, that period of adjustment where you're freaking out and trying to figure out which side is, which end is up. And, but in a, right. if you can look at the positive side of it all, it can be, a, it can be in a weird way, a good thing in your life. It can make you a better person. Right. It can make you self-examine, I think, you know, I mean, you have to, right. you have to always be optimistic. That's right. Because, you know, I think, you know, I, I got stuck in the very beginning with that shame and blame. That should have, could have, would have. You know, we we when you first get diagnosed, I, if I hadn't have done this, if I hadn't right. done that, you know, and and I got stuck in that mold for a while. I was embarrassed to tell people my story. I was embarrassed to say I was molested as a child. I was embarrassed to say that I was, you know, gang raped. You know, I was embarrassed to say that I did drugs. You know, to cover up the pain of, you know being raped and just everything from my past. You know, I was ashamed to do all those things because, you know, HIV was shameful to me. That means right. I had to take a look at some of the stuff that I that I had done, you know. And so, but I was like, you know, there has to be a better way of life. You know, I can take everything that I've gone through and make and turn it in for the good. So you're right. So every so I use everything that I that I said now, and I go out and I tell other women, I share that story with other women. And once I begin to share that story and understand that it's not about shame and blame, and every time I share it, the shame and blame disappears. That gives right. me more power. That empowers me to continue. You know, because it's not my story to, to keep. It's somebody else's story, and they're waiting for me, they're waiting for me to say it, to tell no, it. One, it's so true, and I think that everybody, unless you've led an incredibly privileged, boring life, has, <laughs> some, has something that you, they can relate to in that. I mean, whether it's, it's that they've been molested or they had a parent who was addicted to something or everyone's got substance abuse somewhere close to that. I mean, you know, all those things, it's relatable. No one's had a perfect sheltered life that I know. You know, it's very right. rare, so... It's great that, that people can relate to you, and and I think that's why you're so, you know, why you're doing so well. Right. You know, I, I want people to understand the only difference between me and them is that I'm HIV positive. We've done the same things, maybe not, not at the same time or maybe not on the, in, in the same way, but we have all have shared some type of experience. And so how could anyone say, oh, well, she got that nasty disease. Well, what did you, what, I mean, I had unprotected sex. I'm sure you probably had unprotected sex, too. You understand what I'm saying? Right, so I right. tried to eliminate that whole process of the shaming and blaming and 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 putting people, one person will, feels like they're higher than the, than the HIV positive person when we all shared the same experience. I don't, you know, that really bothers me. So I try to target it as much as possible. You know, it's not, this disease is is not um, for, it, this disease is, anybody can get it. True. You know, so. No, absolutely. You know, one of the things that um going on right now on, on the Positive Social Network is we're blogging about stigma. 
So um, somebody just tweeted to me, you know, how do you deal with the stigma that is placed upon you because you're HIV positive as a question? Because if people are interested, they can tweet your questions to Pause I am during the show. Well, you know, um, it doesn't bother me. I've gotten to the point to where I look at it as ignorance. And the way to combat ignorance is to educate. Right. So I've gotten to a point to where it really doesn't it doesn't impact me. But if I see it from some, on another standpoint from somebody else, then okay, my hair gets raised on the back of my neck, and I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to advocate. I turn into activist mode. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as me, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I see for what it is. I know that it's ignorance. It's just I I have to educate. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, and I get that question all. Uh, Time as well, and I think it has to do with, you know, no one else can make you feel bad about yourself. You you do that. So if you buy into other people's judgment of you, that's what's making you feel shame. And like you know, it's, it's, and I understand that everyone's got their issues that they are not proud of and things that they need to work through. But it's all about just working on your your self esteem. And once you feel good about yourself. What others think about you doesn't really matter. And, and you know, and it's funny because don't you don't you ever think that we are maybe their reality? They don't want to face some of the risk factors that they may have gone through, and so the best way to to deal with that is to attack the person that's, that's positive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that. I mean, really, yeah, definitely. Mhm. Right. And that's, and that's just how I see it. No, I, I, I understand that as well. Um, I just want to real quick open up the phone lines and let people know that if you're interested in calling in and speaking to Michelle, you can reach us here at 347-215-442 and press the number one so I know that you want to come on the air. I just think that the stigma is, I mean, in my experience, is hardest for the young, you know, people that are newly diagnosed because they don't, I mean, I've lived with it for uh, 22 years and I don't, Robert's going on 10, something, I don't know. But, you know, we're all obviously all very well adjusted in it. For people that it's a new experience and that haven't really surrounded themselves with supportive people and don't know the ins and outs of, like, of the you know, the websites and all that stuff, it's been very intimidating, you know, if you don't you think, you know, of people. And so I, I think the stigma, it's, it's great to talk about it and to verbalize it and just be visible so people can can see that there's other people that are living happy, healthy, successful lives. And, right. you know, it chips away at the, at the stigma. Right, right. It, will, it does eat away at the stigma. The more people continue to talk and share their stories, stigma doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> it doesn't stand yeah. a chance. But, and, and, then on, and then on the other side, this stigma is keeping people from saying, from speaking out. You know, rather they're because of family members, because of not losing friends, you know. And you get to a point to where, you know what, it's about me. If they're your family or they're your friends, they're going to be there when you get out, when you come out. If they're not, oh, well, you know, you have other friends or family members that you can – that can be your support system. But it, it comes to, uh, you know, it comes to a point to where you have to, what's more important, your life or what other people think about you. 
Exactly. And I choose my life. I choose my life. I choose to live my life without having to look behind my back, look over my head, worried about what people think, say, or feel about me. Because it is, and at the end of the day, it's really irrelevant. Because are they adding to the quality of my life or taking away from it? Mm. <laughs> what what wisdom you carry? <laughs> uh, actually, um, let me uh, bring a caller on uh, area code nine four one. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, this is Danny in Florida. How are you? Good, hi Danny. Good. Hey Jack, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Good, I'm enjoying all your pictures on Facebook. Anyway, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be all I am too. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet, sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus, come and take me home. Michelle, I just want to, once again, I never really have any comment, but I always have to call in just to uh, annoy Robert. Um, I just want to praise you for being such a, a leader and, and getting out there. And, you know, I'm small potatoes. I speak, like, locally here and there. But, you know, you have to tell – there is something so empowering about educating one person. You know right. you know what I mean? One person. If you reach one person, you know they're going to turn around and tell everybody they know, hey, I met this so-and-so, such and such, and they said this. Right. And they were very convincing. They were themselves. They were real. And that's all I try to be. And you know what? I think you are now my new, new, new Nubian princess. So just oh. hello. Oh. Ha, holla. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I, you know, it's humbling. It's a very humbling experience when people say things like that to me. I know. I know. All I ever wanted was just to educate to end stigma. That's it. And discrimination. That's it. That's all I ever wanted to do. Really? You know, um, again, I. Wanted to to educate and empower other people to come out. You know, every time I walk across that stage, again, I'm not walking across the stage by myself, but I'm representing thousands of women, men and women, who are afraid to say they are HIV positive. But for that one moment, when they see me walk across the stage, they say, "Wow, I'm HIV positive too." That was when I received my crowning moment. It was never really about the crown. But the crown is wow. actually going to take me. Now I'm happy. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's amazing. But, thanks, yeah. thanks for calling in. Uh, I want to take another caller we have here, area code 214. You're on the air. Hello, this is Marsha. This is Marsha. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm messing up here. Can you hear me? Who is this? No, this it's Marsha. Hey, Marsha. Yeah. I can hear you. And I'm Marcia calling from Dallas, Texas. Excellent. And I don't have a question. I just wanted to say hello to Michelle because you know I support her in everything that she do and everything that she say, and I wanted her to know I was listening. I know. Pressure. The pressure. (laughs) 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 I've been listening to the entire... Uh, so. Anyway, sweetie, you know I love you, and I just wanted to say oh, hello. Too. 
Thank you. I love you too. And uh, you know, I let me tell you about Marsha. Marsha is the one who really educated me. And without her, I know she's like I, I tell her all the time. She's like one of my heartbeats because because she ed- educated me on HIV and AIDS. She I literally saved my life. A lot of things that I'm saying now is because of her. You know, um, she empowered me to do things like enter the pageant, to speak out, to um, create a voice not just for other women, but for myself. And so I just truly love her for the person that she is because, you know, a lot of times people aren't going to tell you, teach you everything they know. They'll teach you some of this stuff, but they're not going to teach you everything. She emptied out into me. And so I just want to thank her, too, and let her know. This, this is your show. <laughs> no, but I Hey, it's everybody's show. It's everybody's show. <laughs> I just had to say that. <laughs> Thank you guys for talking to Michelle. Uh, yeah, she have a lot. She have a story to tell, and she have a lot to say. And I am always elated when she gets to do something like this, especially on you guys' show. I enjoyed it the last time. I'm enjoying it this time. Well, thanks for tuning in, Cootie. Thank you. Rock on, Marsha. Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> So, so um, Michelle, tell us a little bit about um, how how you dealt with finding support. I, I couldn't hear you say that again. I'm sorry. Can you tell us a little bit about how you dealt with finding support? How did I come about with finding support for? Dealing, you know, with your status and everything. You know, it was listening to other people trying to figure out how they could do how they did that. Talking to other people, going to different conferences, getting, you know, educated on leadership. You know, trying to linking myself up with people who I knew they could take me to the next level. And once I was able to do that, um I said, you know, I'm I'm going to finally say that I'm HIV positive. I didn't come all the way out <laughs> because my I was afraid that my kids were going to be calling it in school. I actually didn't come all the way out until I got on Facebook. I don't know if you remember that. And I said that, um, hi, my name is Michelle Anderson. I'm HIV positive. And that was because of people like you, like you two, both of y'all, who were like, y'all were out doing it. Y'all were doing the work. Right. So why couldn't I not do it? So why couldn't I not do it? You know, and Jack, you came out in a major way. Right. How can I handle it? Yeah, I watched it. There <laughs> 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 was no turning back. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh, I knew. I, I knew. I was like, it was a, it was a very conscious decision. I knew. I mean, I talked to the producer at a time. I'm like. Like, well, you talk about it, and I'm like, it needs to be talked about. It does. So, you know, I I love when people are. When I when he said he's like, yeah, she just won Miss Plus USA, and she's and I was like, and she herself is they should be positive. And he's like, well, I was like, yeah, I was like, right on. That is awesome. Like, <laughs> the bigger voice, the better. So it's like, yeah, you know, screaming from the rooftops. That's the only way we're gonna get rid of the judgment. You know. Own way. You're right. You're right. So when I saw people doing it, it empowered me to do the same. So my support came from everything around me, not just really mm-hmm. one specific person, but everybody who was involved in the work, everybody who was doing the work, people who were HIV positive and just were out like it was nothing. So why not mm-hmm. be? Why couldn't I do it? Right. 
Um, Michelle, I read it in your literature, but I can't remember. How long have you been positive for? I've been positive since April 11th of 1999. You know the day. I know the day that day changed my life. Right. (laughs) That day changed my life. Literally changed my life. I thought I was going to die. Well, we, I think we all, I mean, yeah, you everyone does at first, but mm-hmm. in, in retrospect, you know, so this is 11, 12 years later, um, when, do, you know, do you think it actually changed your life for the better? Would you look back and, you know, I mean, I think we all would say if we could be negative, we would be, but, but and what do you think? What's your answer to that? Do you think it's enhanced your life? It, do you think it's made it better? It enhanced my life, believe it or not. It really enhanced my life because I was able to live my life. You know, I already know what's going on with me. I already know my status. A lot of people walking around don't know it and may be gone tomorrow. But I know my status and I had time to deal with it. So it very much enhanced my life. You know, I get the best in medical care, you know, for the most part. Uh, but don't get me started. Right. <laughs> For the most part, don't get me started. I know, right? <laughs> but for you know, and I just I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of what it can do, because it doesn't. It, it I don't allow it. Again, I don't allow it to dictate who I am or the outcome of my life. So it just to me is just something that um, I have been blessed with so that I can begin to live my life. Because even before the HIV, I was still struggling. But because of the HIV, I found Michelle. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. does that make sense? Did you, I mean, did you all feel the same way? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, have, so you, I have two questions on the line, so I want to go ahead and bring um, them on before we run okay. out of time. So, Carly, you're, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Hello? Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, Bye-bye. Uh, how about the next caller? You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? People are scared. Michelle's scaring them away. Am I <laughs> <scared> <laughs> No. I do have a comment coming out of the Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I have a comment coming out of the chat room. Um, Janine Brignola, um, she just wants to say, although she's never got to meet Michelle in person, she has had the privilege of getting to know a little bit about her through her interaction on Facebook, and she is one strong, amazing, and humble woman. And Aww. I believe she is a beacon of light through this dark journey. Thank you for being so real. She's going to cry. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not going to do it. I'm going to talk about something else. <laughs> it's, again, it's just very humbling. You know, I, I don't I don't see what other people see. I just know what I did to save my life, you know, right. and to help save other women. I can't, I can't, I can't see all. But I'm honored by the words and the sentiment. This is truly, they, they put fire under my feet to continue to do what I do. Well, and that's the great right. thing about someone like you is that you know you have this great platform now, and you'll change the lives of countless people that you'll never know. I mean, you know, I didn't know. I just do what I do, and I am com- very comfortable with myself, and I don't – I just speak, 
when someone asks me to and I tell the truth. So, but, you know, and for a lot of people, just doing that is really difficult. So, you know, you you, you do what you can and you, it is, from an outsider's point of view looking in, they think, oh, my God, you're this, you're a beauty queen, you've done, you know, we're just normal people that happen to have maybe a larger audience, which is great. So it's great when there are people that are vocal about it. So it helps other people who can't be. Right. Because, you know, being where I'm at today or being where any of us are at today, anybody can be there. You know, it's it's not hard. All you have to do is speak out. All you have to do is open your mouth and speak. Anybody. The thing I always say to people, uh, that are really scared about that is, you know, I think, uh, granted, there's always extenuating circumstances where you don't know when people think they're going to lose their jobs and all that, and I don't, I, I don't pretend right. to know everyone's situation, but right. you know, the stories I constantly hear are, oh my god, I was totally surprised by how supportive my friends and family were, you know, and I was so scared the whole time to tell them, and then I finally did, and. And it, you know, it was much more well received than I anticipated. So, I just try to remind people of that when they're scared and they're fighting the stigma, and you know, and then also think about the larger picture. It's like, like Robert said earlier, they tell one person, and then they tell one person, and so on and so on, and you know, exponentially, we took away the stigma. So, All right. I actually have a caller, so let's see if they'll open their mouth this time. Hello, caller, you're on the air. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. Well, right. That's not going to work. So uh, whoever it is, is I can't get them on because they're blocking the number, so they may have to unblock their number. So, sorry about that. Is Michelle still here? Michelle, you still Hello? Yeah. You're here. Can you all hear me? Yeah, well, we got totally. you. Oh, okay, because, you know, the phone hung up. The new phone raggedy, the same raggedy service. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I missed everything Jack said yet again. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. Honey, I'll talk until the cows come home, so don't worry about it. Like, same old I think I have them the last time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. No, but I I mean, you know, I I, I just think that what you're doing is great, and there's plenty of people that, um, you know, that you, like I said before, you'll affect that you'll never know. So, yeah, just keep, just keep, obviously keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing work. So, very Thank impressive. You. Thank you. Well, and y'all do amazing work as well. Y'all really Thank do. Thank you. And I will be the first person at your book tour, like, with my, my copy to get autographs. <laughs> okay, right. but, no, I'm I'm gonna have to have a banging dress. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Handle. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what is it? <laughs> She's just throwing it out there, Jack, in case there's anybody. Yeah, I, got, I, heard, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I will email me, you my message. Give me a couple. Of, give me a couple of the, uh, yeah, email me. Email me and give me a couple months' notice. <laughs> we'll work it out. <laughs> oh, Michelle, one of the other things that you're very involved in is um, the ADAPT advocacy um, right. and, and stuff along that nature. Uh, what made you want to get involved with them? 
know, I well, we're involved with the ADAP business program, and because I, it directly impacts me, I saw the need to advocate um, around uh, us receiving people, HIV positive people receiving their drug treatment. And so I felt that I needed to learn more about it because not just for everybody, but also for myself because, you know, this is, I didn't know how to get my drug, my uh, HIV drugs paid for or anything like that, so I needed to learn more about it, and that's how I really got involved. And then, again, as the years went by, I said, you know what, Um, this is crazy. They're creating all these waiting lists for people to receive their medications, and yet everybody thinks it's okay to have almost 10,000 people on a waiting list to see to receive life-sustaining meds. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is 10,000? Come on now. And then, then they talk about the national HIV-A strategy. How in the world are we supposed to have each state supposed to implement a strategy when we have these waiting lists? It makes no sense. Right. You know, and so I, I needed to advocate around that. I needed to start saying, hey, y'all going to have to do better. My life is important. I'm not a way person. You're not going to tell me that I'm going that you're going to take me off meds and give me something else uh, that's cheaper. That may not even work for me. If I've been on these meds, say for 14 years, and I'm doing well, then you're going to take me off my meds and give me something different. And that's one of the cost containment measures that here in Texas they were looking at. Yes. How how do you gamble with somebody's life like that? Yeah. And so that's why I'm a fight. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think it's crazy. And I, I love the fact that you went ahead and put your face to it as well because you participated in the ADAP Advocacy Association's uh, – they had two PSAs that were filmed, the 60-second and a five-minute. Yeah. Um, I was a part of that, but you were a part of that as well. And um, do, do you remember when we were sitting there in the hall, in the hallway of the hotel putting it all together and we were waiting to be filmed? And we were just sitting there, like, hanging out. And what was – what was the thing that made you want to get involved as to putting your face to it? There's a difference between going to the conference, like some people do, but actually put your face out there. I mean, I know what, I, what made me do it, but what made you want to do it? What made me different. want to do it was to, um, wow, that is a really good question because I felt I had a lot of emotion behind it. I wanted to do my part. I wanted to share what could possibly happen to me. You know, um, I wasn't sure. that I'm sure they could have gotten other people to do it, but I'm glad they asked and be a part of it. But I wanted to lend my face to a cause that I felt that was needed and then the video was needed to be done. And, again, it was another way of me coming out uh, and telling the world that I'm positive. Right. There was no uh, turning was- back after that. Yeah, it was awesome to be a part of that, wasn't it? Excuse me? I said it was just awesome to be a part of that. It was awesome to be a part of that. I was amazed. And, you know, um, Neil was a great, he was great. He was easygoing. He was laid back. He flirted. Uh-huh. It was cool. I just <laughs> loved looking at him, you know. <laughs> 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 so I, that was the fringe benefit at all. Oh yeah, and the um, where we stayed at, oh, I could have stayed there forever. 
Right. I could have stayed there forever. I was fine trying to find reasons to take a bath in the garden bathtub. But I just really needed to um, really start focusing on uh, the issues that HIV-positive people face outside of the, the local stuff because, you know, local <laughs> A lot of things going on local was going on national. And so I felt that once I learned a lot of things that I needed to learn nationally, I was able to bring that stuff home and work on it locally. And that's exactly what we did. We've done town hall meetings around ADAP, mm. uh, which is AIDS Drug Assistance Programs. We've done town hall meetings on the national AIDS strategy. You know, we've we've tried to link up with a lot of uh, different agencies and, and just, to, you know, telling them, you know, this stuff, this stuff is going on. Texas is not even on the, um, the, um, you know, what list I want to say, Robert. Uh, the, the waiting list. The NASDAQ. The NASDAQ. Oh yeah. And we need to be on there. They had, we were on there at one point, and and then they took us off for whatever reason. But we have cost containment measures here, and people were un weren't un they were unaware of it. Crazy. Yes, and um, and what really bothered me was the whole fact. And you know, this is another reason why I did the ADAP thing because I thought that it really didn't impact me until I found out that there were cost containment measures. How did I find out it was a cost containment measures? Was because I was disenrolled the um, Texas um, HIV medication program, which is our ADAP, because I had right. Medicaid and Medicare. No letter, no, hey, we take you off. You know, you, you, they basically, I walk in to reapply, and it's, oh, you're disqualified. What? You know, so, wow. and, and that's, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, Texas, we're our own country. We're not a part of the rest of the U.S., so we don't need to be on the list <laughs> like that. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, that's not really a good segue, but. That my that was I was thinking about is being a woman and a a woman of color and a woman of color in the South. Do you do you ever experience like you know situations that are unique to you and is it different for to be a woman who's HIV positive and especially I mean I think there's also preconceived notions about judgment and in in the South and all that. So do you find that to be true and, you know, in your experience? Well, first off, I couldn't hear nothing you were saying because I sounded like your phone was breaking up. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't want to cut you off. (laughs) 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 That is amazing. Okay. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I, I was just thinking, I was, I was wondering if being a woman in the South who's a woman of color that's HIV positive, if there's if there's experiences unique to you that that you think are are unique to being a a, a woman who's HIV positive and and you know, I mean, I I think it's different living somewhere like New York or where and you're a, a gay man where it's not quite as a shocking to hear that you're positive. So have you had any experiences that are different, do you think? I think that the differences lies not with each state, 
but with cult- culturally, I think that um, HIV HIV is different. You know, uh, whereas my traditions and my family values may be different from the next person, the way that I was raised. Of course, being black is a is one is is one is directly related, could be directly related to me becoming infected. Being a woman as well, because more than likely we're going to live women. So it's because of those things that I know could have put, it, it, it could have set me up to become infected with HIV AIDS and the reason why, uh, because of the poverty level among women, when we are, um, we're more likely to do things that we would not normally do when when we need a need met, so we go into survival mode. So I think in that aspect, things will be different. But as far as state, I don't, in the South, I, maybe, possibly, you know, because I live in a red state. You know, right. I, I, I live in a state where they, you know, I feel like I don't have a voice because I'm a woman and because I'm black. You know, and I and but uh, that 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 doesn't mean that it can't change. Right. So uh, HIV here is like you sweep it under the rug. You don't talk about it. As long as you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Right. Um, I have that caller calling back in, so this is the last time. Third time's a charm, caller. So uh, <laughs> you're you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Are you there? All right, looks like it's time. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. Yeah, and I hope I said that right because I want to make, you know, it's just uh, a lot of uh, different things that play in the difference uh, of HIV and women. But, you know, there's so many different things that play in that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So how um, how is... The love life, people are asking. How is my love life? I don't have a boyfriend. I was waiting on Jack, but you know he's he already put his goodies out there, so I don't want him anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's used goods. He's used goods. So you know. <laughs> yeah, that was fabulous. He's everybody's boyfriend. He's everybody's boyfriend. So. And nobody's. That is the irony. That is the irony that I am everybody's boyfriend and nobody's. I am by myself. <laughs> but, no, I have not found a special someone. Um, my picking is kind of off. I love to dumpster dive. So I decided that I would come out to dumpster <laughs> and wait. <laughs> and wait for a little while and see what happens. Yeah, I, you know, oh I'm like a girl that walks walks out the bathroom with toilet paper on her shoe. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's um, amazing. I've never heard that term, but like, actually, I'm I'm the same. I'm really very unlucky in love, and I'm I totally dumpster dive too. <laughs> so. I'm a dumpster dive. This is so not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're down to the last five minutes, and I have two more callers, so let me bring this area code 360. Okay. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, I'm Mark from Olympia, Washington. Hey, hey Mark, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Hey, no, no problem. I had a, uh, a comment from Michelle. 
I think you're amazing, and I re- I'm a little nervous, but um, I think you're great. And I think uh, you said earlier, you said something about um, you're kind of the reality check to some people for HIV. You kind of put a face to it. And I kind of feel the same way, where, like, I feel like for a lot of people in my community, because I live in a small community, that I put, like, kind of like the face to HIV for them. And I was curious, as an activist, how do you set boundaries? Because I feel like whenever I tell people I'm HIV positive, they're like, where did you get it? Who did you get it from? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't want – I feel like it's kind of uncouth to be like, oh, I just bareback sex. Like, do you but, have any um, advice I, or things? I get that. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I just said, do you have any advice or opinions on that? You know what? Get used to it. <laughs> really? They're going to ask you anything, everything. You know, yeah. when you're an activist, your life becomes an open book. There is yeah. nothing barred. And I don't I don't bar anything. I don't have any boundaries. They can ask me whatever they need to ask, because if it's going to save their life, yeah. maybe they need to know. We don't know why they ask us these questions. Yeah. That's you a know, good answer. So, yeah. yeah so, you sometimes know, I feel like you're just, just asking me. Just they're kind of hmm? Oh, I was just saying. Sometimes I feel like they're just like judging me, and I guess I feel that stigma that you're talking about because I feel like they're just trying to figure out how I did it. You know what I mean? And so right. I guess I'm still dealing with right. stigma. Yeah. Right, okay. and you're right because you know you're you're that one person. You when they look at us again, mm-hmm. they see their their reality, their own reality, and so yeah. they're going to ask those deep questions because, you know what, they have somehow or another have found something in you that directly relates to them. Yeah. And they need to go deeper with it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. Stay strong and just, you know, do what you got to do because now it's about saving lives. Okay. We got one more caller, area code 303. You got one minute. Where are you calling from? (laughs) Hey, Michelle, this is Diane. I've been trying to call for the last 20 minutes, so um, I'll make it quick. I just wanted to say congratulations. And I met Michelle last year at the Walls Conference, which is the Women's AIDS Leadership Summit up in Reno, Nevada. And I just wanted to say that she really um, inspired me to do a lot of work out here in the Denver metro area. So I just wanted to say thank you, Michelle, for um, just bringing me up, bringing me out of my cave, and just letting me go forward and doing the things that I need to do within my community. So I want to say thank you, Michelle, for supporting me and for having that talk that you had with me back in Reno. I don't know if you remember that, but I just wanted to say thank you so much, and you really inspired me, Michelle. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for calling. That was really sweet. And I hope this I will see you again soon at the yes, next thanks for calling in. So, Michelle, wow, that hour flew by. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and Sharing all your beautiful I had so wisdom. Much fun. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with y'all. Right. Well, have you on again? People can find you on Facebook, right? You have a Facebook fan page for um, what yeah. is it, Miss Plus America or 2011 Miss Plus America? Yes, I have a Facebook page and also I have a Twitter account that's. Um, HIV Beauty King, which that name was given to me by Robert. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I use, at HIV Beauty Queen on Twitter.com. All right, Michelle, well, thank you for joining us. You have yourself a great night. Thank you. Y'all, God love y'all. Bye, Bye. Bye. Oh, I just love Michelle. So go check her out on Twitter, at HIV Beauty Queen. Um, Follow Jack at Jack McEnroff, myself at uh, Positive Pitch, and Pause I Am. Jack, great show.
You all ready for yeah. Tuesday? I'm glad I got through. Oh, my God, I was freaking out. So right. she's awesome. So Tuesday will be here for a special uh, show at 2 p.m., Tuesday the 19th. Um, so uh, check us out on Tuesday. We'll be here, me and Jack. So um, I'll see you then, Jack. You have yourself a great night. Right on. Bye, Robert. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And remember, you can find all our archives on iTunes for free, or you can go to pauseim.com and find more information about the show and our social network. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.